that one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 294 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that you're listening to this episode, and I'm thrilled that you're checking it out over on YouTube if that's where you happen to be located. Uh, I'm actually recording this intro a couple of weeks after I did the initial interview, so with continuity, I had to make sure I had the same shirt on as I did during the interview, and I initially had the wrong shirt on, so I had to go change really quickly to make sure I uh, looked the same, even my glasses, because I have two different pairs of glasses as well. In a moment, I'll be sitting down with Dean Vasek from the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast, and we are going to be uh, doing our look back at 2023 for North Melbourne and what went right, what went wrong, uh, where were the green shoots, uh, the progress that was seen, if you will, uh, with the club. Uh, and we kind of speculated what was going to be going on uh, possibly in the draft. You know, we discussed, I believe, Harley Reid as well. Uh, was he possibly going to get there or would they be better served by adding multiple uh, quality young players rather than just one? Uh, but before I jump into the discussion with Dean, I wanted to take a, a couple of moments here. First off, um, I wanted to take this moment at the outset to wish Barry Cheatley and his wonderful wife, Barbara, a very happy 59th wedding anniversary. Uh, I had the honor of sitting down and talking with Barry uh, for over three hours, a little over a year ago. Very gracious of his time. That's episodes 196 and 197 of the podcast. And just an absolute gentleman. Uh, so many great stories that that he shared with me as well. Uh, and I'm hoping that next year, if everything goes as I'm planning right now, I do plan on being in Australia for about a month next year. And I'm absolutely hoping one of the things that I have on my list, of course, as we know, one, go on a tour of the Vegemite factory. Okay. Two, see a Cats game in person. Um, I do want to meet uh, Mr. Cheatley. I would love to meet his family as well. Just an absolute peach of a gentleman. Uh, he's been very gracious uh, with his time has helped me set up more than one interview. Um, and I, I do hope that the two of you had an absolutely terrific day surrounded by friends, family, and just a, a whole lot of fun. Okay, 59 years is amazing. I mean, I'm 60, so you've been married my entire lifetime. And, uh, well, almost within a very short period of time there. But again, congratulations. And I, and I truly, truly hope you had a wonderful day. And it's it's... It's my pleasure to to say that even though I've not met you in person yet, to say that I that I do kind of know you. We exchanged several emails over the, the last year as well. So um, just an absolutely wonderful guy. And if, if you are a Ruse supporter or even if you're just a footy supporter in general, uh, you can't help but have nothing but great thoughts about uh, Barry Cheatley. And, uh, you know, his, his family has been very gracious to me online as well. Now, folks, I'm also uh, working towards uh still recording several of those most memorable game episodes and if you happen to have uh, a game that you're never going to forget maybe it's one you participated in maybe it's one that you saw it doesn't have to be an afl game it could be a game that you played down at your uh your club level on uh, your local community club and maybe there's just something a story that you want to get out i would love to help share that story get it out there for my listeners because i love learning about the game i love learning about the local aspect of it as well Again, that's another one of the things that I want to do when I'm in Australia next year is actually go visit as many of these local footy clubs as I possibly can. Now, again, I'm going to be somewhat hamstrung or limited by my ability to transport myself from place to place. Um, I cannot wait until a fixture comes out. I believe it's supposed to come out on the 14th of November, which is in just about a week. It's actually less than uh, about a week now. And uh that is where I'm going to be able to start planning with Ernest uh, what it is that I want to do next year. So I'm still debating, do I want to try to get to Adelaide to see a game at the Adelaide Oval? Or do I want to make the trip to Tasmania and try to catch a game at either Launceston or uh, Hobart uh, to see the Hawks or the uh, the Ruse play? Um, just so many options out there and so many other things that I want to see that are cultural type things that are not necessarily footy related. But of course, I want to experience as much footy as I possibly can and hopefully meet as many of you 
who are listeners who happen to be in the different areas where I'm going to be. Now, I I don't have the budget right now to to travel throughout the country, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to necessarily be able to fly to Perth or up to Sydney or to Brisbane or travel inland. I have decided, though, that maybe one of those goals that I want to have in my life is actually to make that uh, circular road trip around Australia. I think that would be fun to do. Um, you know, I've got about four years before I retire. And uh, maybe that's something that I get the opportunity to do and just go and meet as many people as I can, experience footy all over the the, uh, um, the country as well. Um, and I, I've... I, I, I've been listening to a podcast, and I'm going to apologize here. I'm going to look it up on my phone, but it's a gentleman who I've had, and the name is escaping me right now on the uh, uh, at this moment in time, and I feel bad for that. Um, but it's called the Regional 250, and uh, and it is a uh, it's a series that one of my previous guests, uh, Neil Butler, does, where he talks to uh, individuals that uh, live throughout. Uh, Australia and some of the smaller shires and such throughout Australia. And if you if you want to learn about Australia, and you know off the beaten path, if you will, outside of the major metropolitan areas, this is a fascinating uh, podcast, and I, I love checking it out simply when I go out for a walk. Yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of true crime, I listen to a lot of footy podcasts, some political things, but this one is just one of those that I just get to just kind of step away from all of those kinds of things, and it, it's as though I'm visiting that community and he was talking to someone uh in an episode that i listened to just recently uh that was somebody that lived and they talk about you know what's the closest capital city that you live to and they were an 18-hour drive from brisbane so they lived up next uh up near i think they opened up to cans up in that area they were a little south of cans i believe they said um so, you know, I'm thinking maybe making that drive around the entire country. I think that's the M1 that circles the country. I think it would be an awful lot of fun to do that. And then, you know, maybe take the train from the south up to Darwin afterwards to spend a few months there doing that. Uh, I think that would be an awesome, awesome journey to do and, you know, be able to talk to people about life, about footy, about all sorts of things there. So, again, if you've got a great story about a, a game that you're never going to forget, please reach out to me on my website, yankonthefooty.com or by email, yankonthefootygmail.com. And uh, if you like the podcast, you want to help me out, you can certainly uh, click on that buy me a coffee button over on my website. Um, help out that way. Anything there that comes in is going to go into um, running the, the website, running the podcast itself. Um, and if you want to help out with the trip, trust me, I'm not going to say no. Okay, um, this is not a uh, a cheap trip that I'm going to be taking there. Uh, almost makes me want to, if you want to go back to some old school music there, say, I want you to want me for cheap trip. <laughs> cheap trick, yeah, there you go. Live at Budokan. But uh, <laughs> I digress a little bit there. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with uh, Dean Bassick, and we're going to talk all things ruse. And uh, a lot of fun, Dean is an absolute, absolute, you know, lover of uh, all things ruse. So I think you're going to enjoy this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by my guest again, uh, Dean Vasek from the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Uh, Dean helped me preview the uh, the ruse earlier this year. I believe it was episode 238, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and Dean, thanks for getting up so early because it is only about 6.30 a.m. your time, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct, Craig. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking. Happy to come on again and obviously do a re review of the season that uh, didn't go according to the script when uh, we did the preview. No, it didn't. Um, you know, I think you. Know, we, if I recall correctly, I don't think you were buying or planning to buy finals tickets quite yet, but you were hoping for a better result than than what we did see. Um, yeah, I think I might have predicted about six to eight wins or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, we we start off all right. But, well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you start off two and zero, and you have to be thinking to yourself. I mean, well, let me ask you, what are you thinking after round two? And you're sitting there at two and zero. You got two wins in the books. You're you're you know you're up towards the top of the ladder. What's going through your mind at that point in time? Oh, look, even after the next two weeks, I think we lost to Hawthorne and then we lost to Carlton Good Friday and we're quite competitive in those games. Mm -hmm. So I was still quite bullish at two and two. Like I thought, oh, well, this is this is going quite well. And then it uh, 
fell apart pretty quickly after that. I think we played Brisbane week after and we got absolutely smashed. I think they had 33 marks inside 50, which was uh, a record or something like that. And then, yeah, you could sort of see the signs after that that, um, yeah, Clarkson seemed to be struggling. Um, yeah, obviously there was an incident in the Port Adelaide game a few weeks after that where uh, halftime, uh, apparently he wasn't too happy with the players. I'm not too sure. You know, I mean, there was reports that he was throwing chairs and so forth. And then after that, he took uh, yeah indefinite break, sort of saying he was struggling uh, with his uh, mental health. Uh, but uh, yeah, going back to your original question, uh, two and zip. Yeah, I thought uh, this is going a lot better than I thought. Um, we seem to have a good system in place. The plot, you know, the, the recruits that he got in uh, seem to be fitting in really well, especially Griffin Logue. Uh, Daniel Howe seemed to be playing a role for the club as well at the time. So yeah, things were going pretty well. But um, yeah, over time, uh, it fell apart quite quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, it 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 did, and it was a. Uh... And I don't know if this is the case or not, but that was it the longest losing streak in. I don't think it's the mm. longest losing streak in the history of of, of the AFL VFL, but it it's got to be up there, close to the. Oh, I, uh, think were, I think there was a team uh, university in the nineteen hundreds that lost a, a lot in a row. So yeah, okay. I mean we obviously lost twenty in a row, um, and that's probably yeah it'd be right up there. I think I didn't really look too far into it. Um, I think we've lost more than 20 in a row back in the you know um 1920s when we first formed yeah. uh, in the AFL. But uh yeah, 20 in a row uh for in a wins and losses uh based industry. Um it's not really acceptable, I guess. So yeah. Uh obviously uh we've got the win uh, in the last round of the year. So Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, you yeah. and that was a and that was a club that I did tip to play finals this year in Gold Coast, and they just they didn't quite get over the hump. Um, this year, you know, there was, they had some good things that went on, but still they dropped, they dropped more games than they, they probably should have this year, I think. But, you know, yeah, I I went back and I looked at your, at your, uh, fixture for this year and there was five games that you lost by a total of 31 points. So basically you lost five games by an average of one goal. So you were, Hmm. you were in a lot of games. So your, your prediction of six to eight wins this year. You you were probably closer than you thought you were. It's just that you know you you lost you had some breaks that didn't quite go your way in a few of these games where you came up just a hair short. Uh, and a couple of these were you know under under a goal. So it was uh, um. So, what exactly went wrong? Do you think? And then we'll look at the glass half full part. So let's look at the glass half empty right now. But if you had to go back and put together a small list, and you know. What are the things that you that you look at and you go, well, that didn't quite work out the way we were hoping? Yeah, obviously the Clarkson situation mm-hmm. um, was affecting him a lot more than we thought. Um, it was pretty much, I think it was late November when that came out or around November 23, um, and it affected him a lot. Even his coaching in the early days, it was a bit um, it was a bit unusual. The things were, in even in a Fremantle game where he was on a boundary calling for holding the ball, it was out of character for him. He just didn't seem himself. Um and yeah, obviously, yeah, it's, uh, it was affecting him a lot, and he was affecting his coaching performance. He's probably losing a few of the players as well. Um, and you know, like anything in life, um, over time, losing becomes a habit. As as winning is, becomes a habit. You know, you see Collingwood on the opposite side of the spectrum, and they won a premiership. Full credit to them. But a lot of close games, they always seem to win them um, because they've got that belief in their system, right, right. Uh, belief in each other. Uh, whereas we're quite the opposite. Yeah, there was a game, I think, in round 10 or round 9 against the Sydney Swans. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but it was, uh, was 10, a yeah. minute ago where yeah, we uh, used too many rotations. Yes, they got a free yes. run a goal, won a game. And I think if we won that, we would have had the same record as the Swans, who went on to play finals. Mm-hmm. So th- they obviously built from that, and we went the opposite direction. Uh, we had to get an interim coach in Brett Ratton as well. Uh, during the course of the year um, for seven, eight weeks. He did an admirable job, um, but he's an interim coach. He's only He was only part-time at the club anyway. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, Which, yeah, things just seem to not work out. Yeah, and, and as far as Brett Ratton's concerned, I still I still think he got the long end of a short stick from St. Kilda with regards yeah. to, I, I, you know, I, the whole contract situation with him when he was dismissed from St. Kilda where he didn't get he didn't get paid out his full contract, I just, I was flabbergasted by that. Where he only got paid like six months of it. I mean, and I and I talked about that in, in a previous episode where you know, if a if a team dismisses an owner before their or a team dismisses a coach before their contract is up, 
they're obligated here in sports in the U.S. to pay out that pay out that contract because they they committed to it. And you know, a, you know, somebody like Brett Ratton may have made financial commitments of his own based upon the prospects of that you know guaranteed or that income that he was going to be having there. And I don't, I don't know if he bought a new house or put on addition or built a pool or, you know, send his kid to university or something, you know, is, you know, and I, and I know he lost a child, but, uh, but the, uh, you know, um, but, you know, there, I just thought he really got shafted there with regards to his contract situation with them. But, you know, he, he got thrust into a really tough situation because, you know, he was coming in, you know, with, and if I'm not mistaken, he was at Hawthorne under, Clarko previously, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it seemed like a natural fit, and I know he's left the ruse. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? Didn't he not go back to Hawthorne? I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's gone out of coaching. I think okay. he wanted to go into like football management. Okay. And there wasn't a position available at North Melbourne where there was yeah. one at Hawthorne, obviously. So he decided to uh, go down that path. I think coaching has probably gone past him now. So yeah, good luck to him. He's yeah. obviously got shafted at Carlton as well. Yeah, you know, when he left them, um, mm-hmm. he he got up to finals, and they got to Mick Malthouse after that, and the club seemed to fall apart there for a number of years. So yeah, yeah, no, he's um, he's yeah, he's had a really you know tough period over the last 10, 15 years, Brett Ratton, and he's um carried himself quite well, obviously with the death of his child as well. Yeah, yeah, he died in a car crash. Um, so yeah, yeah he's had a lot very, on. very honourable gentleman. Uh, you know, having heard him interview, just you know, a lot of positivity there. But you know, are you? You know, when you went back to, and I think it was actually round one, if I'm not mistaken, that, uh, and I'm I'm pulling up the uh, the club from that first round there, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they sat, you know, Todd Goldstein was not named to the club in round one, which, you know, as a longtime Ruse supporter, where you're looking at that thinking, okay, what's going on here? I mean, this is a little strange that we don't have this guy who's you know, about to play, I think, game 300. Uh, with the club who's who's not in you know at you know close to it at that point in time that is not named here. I mean, and yet this club probably needed as much veteran leadership as they could get. Uh and they were getting it, I'm sure, during practice and training and that sort of thing. But you know, in a game situation, and yes, they won, but were you a little surprised that he didn't get named back in round one? Yeah, well, it was between him and Tristan Sherry, and the club went down the youth path, and yeah. apparently Tristan Sherry was flying in preseason, so I could certainly understand it. And we had uh, a fairly top-heavy team. We still had Ch- Charlie Combin back then, uh, a young uh, uh, key forward prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugh Greenland was named. He was going to be the second ruck, and then halfway through the first quarter, I think uh, Tristan Sherry broke his leg, and Hugh yeah. Greenwood had to ruck the yeah. rest of the game. He came in straight after that, and... One of the like we'll go to it eventually. I'm sure when Todd uh, the Todd Goldstein has left, but one of the reasons why he left was because he didn't want to get in the way of Tristan Cherry uh, for next season. So yeah, which is understandable. That's uh, that's certainly fair. Yeah, and I know he's yeah. We might as well mention it since since we've brought him up here. Yeah, it looks like he is planning on heading to Essendon um, to reunite with Brad Scott for at least a year, and he and he's kind of in a similar situation where you've got somebody who's rehabbing, you know, with Sam Draper coming off of uh, some major groin surgery from, from, if I remember correctly, that, uh, you know, so there's gonna be an opportunity for him to maybe be the second ruck there. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly you know, provide some tutelage to these youngsters as they're, as they're, uh, you know, growing into their, into their game here in the coming years. Cause this, this very likely could be his last year, you know, yeah, in, in I think he signed a two-year contract as well. I think we we're probably only going to offer him one year, probably yeah. with you know a coaching role after that. Like I don't think he's going to play two more years. He's maybe got 10, 15 good AFL games left in him. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, yeah, you talked about Draper. Apparently, yeah, he did have groin surgery and he's in doubt for round one next year. He's going to miss a whole preseason, which um is quite important. Mm-hmm. And the other ruck they've got is Brian, who's a bit injury prone as well. Apparently, a really good prospect. Uh, I don't know much about him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's there as depth and cover for next year, um, and the year after probably will go into coaching. Whether he's coaching with Brad Scott or another club, um, I'm not too sure. So, what signs? You know, and again, you know, it was a tumultuous off season last year with the the Horn Francis situation. You know, moving on to yeah. to Port Adelaide, and 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 I. I 
I, I certainly understand that 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 Rue supporters were probably a little bitter bitter towards him uh, for wanting to to move on. Um, you know, it's one of the things that that American sports fans I think tend to embrace much more readily than uh, than Australian sports fans is we 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 don't have a problem booing. Um, yeah, we yeah, and I, I know because I know it becomes it's all you know. I every time I see it happening in in sport there. There's always somebody in a tweet thread or a message board or something that's talking about how it's, you know, it's kind of uncouth or something, you know, that, that you know, we don't do that sort of thing, you know, leave it. And I learned a vocab word a couple of uh, weeks ago, leave it to the sepos from the U.S. to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I learned that term and I had never heard it before. Now I've heard it about a half dozen times in the last few weeks. So it's been it's been amazing how it that got. I heard it and I was like, it's everywhere now. So, mm. but, uh, you know. You know, we, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think you certainly have another, you know, good group of youngsters that have come in this year. And, and if nothing else, if you could figure out how to just like hit the fast forward button and get through the next couple of seasons to see where this club's going to be in say 2026, I mean, you'd almost love to do that, but mm. you know, but it's, uh, it's, um, you still got to battle through things. Yeah, I mean, I guess a big problem for the football club, and one of the reasons why we've been on the bottom the last four years, is our development of young young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we seem to get players that start off their careers off quite well, 18, 19 years old, and then when they get to 22, 23, they're pretty much almost done, um, and we have to move on from them. Um, but we've seen a few delistings this year of players that are, um, you know, 24, 25, 22, 23, that have been in the system for quite a while, and they've been delisted. So... We've got a new development coach uh, this uh, that has come in uh, from Werribee, um, quite highly rated, and so hopefully we can get to those players when, you know, like someone like a Curtis Taylor who's at sixty odd games now, out of contract next year. We really want him to take the next step, um, and that's what's really been lacking. You know, we've got some good young young youngsters, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got uh, the Harry Shears or George Ward Laws, uh, a number of others, 19, 20 year olds that uh, look quite good, Josh Goder, another one. Um, and we really want, when they get 23, 24, we really want them hitting their ceiling. Um, so development has been a, a real letdown for the football club over a period of time now. And that's the reason why we've, what, what have we won, 13 games in about uh, the last 80 or something like that. So, yeah, that's what we've really got to get right. Yeah, Harry Sheasel will be all of 19 years old next week. Yeah, well, on Friday, Friday the thirteenth next week, he's going to be uh, he's going to be hitting his nineteenth birthday. And Wardlaw just turned nineteen a couple of months ago, and it's uh, you know, Goder is just twenty. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of lot of good young talent there, and it just needs the time to. Well, well let me ask you this because you mentioned you said they come in at eighteen, nineteen, and they're kind of done by twenty two. 20 21 22 years old they're kind of you know i don't know if they're burned out but what what's leading to that is that is that the development that you brought in this new coach from Werby? then is that what's causing that where we're kind of you're kind of flaming out some of these young players yeah i'm not so sure look i'm not internally at the club but yeah, you know, yeah. we've had a lot of part-time coaches which we've sort of stopped now like they're working two to three times a week um we sort of stopped that as well whether that's hindered their development um getting different messages from uh, too many people mm-hmm. um yeah we've had a development coach there gavin brown for 10 years uh head of uh football development um and i'm not so sure if it, you know if any of this blame goes to him i don't know him personally um so yeah we've got uh new assistant coaches that have come in from other clubs, uh, quite highly rated, young guys as well, probably in their mid-30s, um, maybe late 30s, that are just like Barlow from Werribee Football Club, who uh, coaches Werribee, uh, coached them to a grand final in the VFL this year. So, yeah, look, obviously very highly rated. Um, so seems to talk well, but he seems to work quite well with the young guys. So, yeah, look... Uh, I couldn't tell you personally um, what goes on inside the football club. You kind of broke up there for a second, um, so you you, yeah, you broke um, you broke up there for yeah, a second. So you can uh, Yeah, you, you kind of froze up there for a second. So you were saying that you, uh, you know, you're oh, not okay. you're not inside the club there, which you know, yeah. They, I mean, none of us really have that kind of access at all, which you know, yeah. You know, 
but I think even in, 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 in footy standings, you know, footy fans seem to have a little bit more insight than even, you know, than, than sports fans here, because, you know, that the whole membership thing, there's a lot more access. I think they're a lot more open with, with their supporters than, than sports clubs here in, in North America happen to be, which it'd be kind of nice if that, that sort of thing happened here, but uh, you know, um, yeah. I'm just pulling up the contract situations for the, the clubs here right now, but uh, you know, looking, you know, how thrilled were you with these youngsters? I mean, because you, know, you know, Wardlaw coming in, she's—I mean, she's was just you know, a breath of fresh air. It, 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 that had to lessen the blow of uh, of uh, Horn Francis. Francis. Yeah, I was I almost said LDU, and L, uh, only reason I was thinking, <laughs> only the reason I was thinking LDU is because he was he was one of the players on my fantasy team, and and he you know he kept missing games and such. And my I had a disastrous fantasy year this year because the the app was not working on my computer properly so i i couldn't actually select the players that i wanted to so it was i was there trying to draft the players i wanted and it, it would not allow me to actually select the thing so it was it would end, ended up auto picking for me and i was there trying to make picks and it was i lost my first seven games of the year that i came back and won like six or seven in a row um but it you know and then i got locked out of the account for some reason so i have no idea how i finished but uh but yeah, he he, he <laughs> ended up being he ended up being my number one pick this year. But you know, back you know, you know Wardlaw, Sheasel, you know, just seeing the continued growth of Nick Larky, who I can't you know I can't think of any club that would not love to have that young man wearing their jumper. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, there are a lot of good green shoots that are growing there. It's just that we got to get that growth, got to get some other blades of grass to come up along with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, you, yeah. you, you froze up there for a second. So yeah, yeah we got, yeah. No. we got to get those other blades of grass to come up with, you know, the, the Larkies and the Sheasels and the Wardlaws. Um, you know, it's, uh, are you yeah. more, po- are you more positive now than you were at the beginning of 2023? I, I think you have to be, I, I mean, I just felt like a lot of things went off wrong off the field mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, obviously we get, uh, a couple of high draft picks now. We should be able to get um, pick three uh, for a Ben one conversation for Ben McCoy. Uh, the free agency system uh, is, is quite uh, quite ludicrous uh, over here. Yeah, you got conversation for losing a player. Um, yeah, when you when you got the ability to match a restricted uh, free agent bid is uh, quite ludicrous. But that's a, a topic for another time. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we should uh, get a couple of picks early. Um, the AFL giving us uh, an assistance package as well that gives us an end of first rounder pick nineteen, and I think we got uh, Port Adelaide's pick fourteen as well. So right. there's a lot of uh, assets up the top. Um, I'm not too sure, and we've got a couple of players that are going to come from other clubs as well, so that have already committed. Uh, that want to cover across. Yeah, so, uh, so they, who, they reckon uh, deals who, probably might even be done today. Who are the um, who are those point, who so, are those players um, that you know because you you kind of got garbled there a little bit because we're only a couple miles away from each other, but uh, but who are who are those players that have committed to come over to the ruse? Because I, I was looking for that and I had not seen anything yet in terms of who's made that commitment to make the jump there. So we've got two. Uh, an outside player at Carlton, Zach Fisher. He's played 100-odd games, 25 okay. years old. Uh, got a little bit, bit of speed. Uh, looking at play on the wing, midfield, half halfback. Um, so he'll add a bit of depth. And Dylan Stevens, a former high draft pick that the Sydney Swans played 40-odd games. Had a good grand final in 2022 for a team that struggled. So he's yep. been a fringe player at the Swans for quite a while. Yep. Um, probably fill up that uh, other wing spot. So, yeah. I'm I'm going to editorialize here for just a minute and say he was about the only one that had a good game for the Swans during the 2022 Grand Final. Then, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, fair enough. Too. Yeah, no, it probably was. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, the the uh, the 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 uh, compensation package, if you will, the assistance package. Um, it's not terribly popular with a lot of people. I I, I just watched again, and I, I had read a, a little piece about Chris Scott's comments back on September 25th before the grand final about it, uh, but I had not watched the footage of him on AFL 360, and I watched it about an hour ago, and he was 
less than pleased and less than flattering of the AFL's decision to award additional picks to the ruse um, was likening it to um, what happened back in 2004 with uh, the Hawks in the draft where they were able to bring in uh, Roughhead and Jordan Lewis and some guy named Buddy Franklin. I don't know what ever happened to him. Um, but, uh, you know, that they brought all three of them in like the first seven picks of the draft. And he, and he, and he's basically saying, you know, here we are, you know, we're going to turn around and, and, you know, hand, hand Clarko all of these assets again. And we saw what he did with them the last time that we gave, you know, that the league gave him assets like this, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw his, his comments and, and what are you, what are you, what, as a Bruce supporter, what is your feedback to, folks who think that the uh, the ruse should not be getting this uh this assistance yeah i kind of agree with him because it's there's no system in place it's just like you ask for an assistance uh from the afl because i oh, have been on the bottom for the last four years uh-huh. um through moves from previous administration and it's got to be our fault currently as well because you know obviously development is you know as we talked about before um, yeah, it's it's stupid. Um, there's no uh, then they've got a commission that's uh sit in the room and just decide, yeah, all right, we'll give them this, and that's basically it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree, uh, like to a degree with Chris Scott, but every draft is compromised, uh, in the AFL as well through father sons. Like, it would have been nice if we had access to Nick Dacos, um. You know, like uh, instead of getting Jason, you know, there's been a number of others. Jamara Yuga Hagen was an NGA prospect, you know, a few years ago. That mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, number one pick. Um, he would have been nice as a key forward as well. So, you well, know, you put I, him, I could certainly understand the frustration. Yeah. Put um, him next to Larky. Wow. I, I, yeah, I'm just fantasizing been. about him next to Larky there. That's a, that's a nice decade worth of, you know, probably a thousand yeah, goals between the two of them. You know, yeah, so and that's then you got Nick Dacos as well th- running through the midfield. It would be nice to get him. Um, no. you know, and yeah, he, I mean, obviously, he's the clear number one pick from that draft, right? Really, uh, not pretty much you would have won a Brownlow, uh, this year if, uh, obviously didn't get an injury towards the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, um, yes, yeah, I mean, every draft is compromised, and yeah, I can certainly understand the frustration from other clubs, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I. Like back uh, 20 years ago when Clarkson first started, it was a lot simpler. If you won less than five games, you get an extra draft pick in the top five. Um, whereas now there's no written rule. Uh, it's just uh, a decision. Like West Coast, if they struggle next year, mm-hmm. they can ask for assistance package. Um, Gold Coast got one three or four years ago, I think it was, and they got yeah. a lot of assets. You know, yeah. got Noah Hans and Matt Rowe. First this, yeah, because, I mean, they were, so, t- they were yeah. teammates, you know, in their formative years as well. I mean, so they've gone on you know, playing professionally with, you know, with one another as well, you know, it's so I, I, in theory then should, you know, should a club, you know, should a, and I'm, I'm, this is definitely tongue in cheek here, but should a club like the cats be able to go to the AFL and say to them, you know, we're a really, really old side. Maybe we could use an extra pick because we've only got pick seven this year. Can we get another pick at like, you know, 25 or something to where we could maybe bring in another youngster to help, you know, lower our age profile just a little bit. I'm kidding about that, but I mean, it's, you know, but as you said, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. There's no rule. Cause you know, who knows? Maybe somebody would say, yeah, you guys are kind of old. Let's go ahead and do, I don't think it's a great idea. You know, I, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the, the NBA has a unique, situation that they use with like their the uh like the draft lottery if you will um you know i don't know if that's i don't know if that's a solution you know but but again that flies in the face then you know the the one thing that i really like that i find unique i I, and i guess i like it but you know is the is the whole father-son thing but it puts it puts some clubs a little bit behind the eight balls but it puts right now especially like a gws and a gold coast behind the eight ball because their clubs are not mature enough in terms of their the time that they've been existing to have you know players who could be you know parts of the uh you know like a father-son type situation um and i i actually hypothesized in an episode a couple of weeks ago i said well you know what's to say that if you get a uh if you get a phenomenal player that uh you know plans on having a lot of kids why don't he and the wife go to the go to a fertility clinic and you know give birth to like you know septuplets 
And you could put, you know, seven or eight kids from that same player on the same side then, because, you know, the father-son rule. I mean, you could, you could have, you know, a, a third of your, uh, your, your starting 18 could all be from the same, from the same family at one time. Yeah. Like something like Gary Ablett or something like that. Yeah. He's yeah. got good genes. Obviously his father was a great footballer and he, he was, a, you know, one of the best ever. So yeah. Yeah. yeah have four kids, but uh, oh, obviously there's no guarantees. There's obviously NGA prospects as well. I think Gold Coast are going to get two top 10 picks this year. I think there's a key forward that would go quite early. I can't remember his name for the life of me. And there's a couple others up there as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it is compromised. It's not a simple system. Um, yeah, look, it's a lot simpler in the in the NBA. Um, you know, you, you just uh, draft the top prospects, uh, you know, from uh, college and, you know, even Europe, I guess, like uh, I look at Doncic or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's a lot simpler over there, less complicated. Uh, it's a very complicated system over here, that's yeah, for sure. It certainly is. It's uh, – um... I'm trying to pull up to see if there's anything that's going to show up about that. The, the NGA stuff here. I was looking for the name of that, of that young person there. Um, so, you know, looking at the, uh, you know, at the draft capital that you happen to have right now, you know, as you mentioned, you got picks two, 14 and 19, you know, two was the, the pick that you got from this year. Uh, 14 is the Port Adelaide pick. And I, do you still have other picks coming from Port Adelaide besides this one then? Do you still have any future ones that are coming from, or is that it for for the? Port yeah, well, obviously trade? got um, two end of first rounders next year, the part of the assistance package, right. but uh, that could change. Yeah. So we have to pretty much effectively trade them this year because they've said if you're going all right, Nick, if you do okay next year, then we can strip you of those um, two. And effectively, we've got to use them this year. So, which um, yeah, we'll probably yeah using uh, the trade period. I'll I'll have to think. So yeah, and you look at this stage. Um, there's a there's a reporter that's pretty much said you're going to get um, definitely going to get pick three as part of the Ben McKay compensation mm-hmm. uh, for him going to Essendon. So pick two, three, fourteen, nineteen. Uh, obviously got our own for next year. A pick, uh, you know, nineteen and twenty next year as well. End of first rounder. So a lot of I think we got. Um, so two, three, four. So we've probably got about seven, you know, um, first round draft picks over the next two years. Right. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. And uh, you know, so let me add, you know, while there's you know, there is kind of a consensus number one player in this draft in in Harley Reed. Uh, it's it's the young man that everybody has been talking about, and you know that the the Eagles now hold that number mm-hmm. one pick. And uh, you know, I have no idea if Harley Reid has been uh, looking at any real estate ads on Zillow or anything like that, or realestate.com.au um, in the Perth area. But do you think that when the trade period ends, that the Ruse are going to be holding that number one pick? Uh, if I had to say now, now probably not. Uh, I think we'll go in with pick two and three. Uh, I think they've changed the rules where first-year players um, get uh, three-year contracts now, whereas uh, previously two years. So he's definitely guaranteed three years at West Coast. He did talk yesterday uh, on a Gettable podcast, which is talking about young prospects. Mm-hmm. And he kind of had a dig at Jason Francis after one year which suggests to me, and he sort of said, look, I'm happy to play anywhere. Um, dig at uh, Jason Francis for leaving Port Adelaide after one year when it's only a 40-minute trip by uh, plane uh, to Adelaide from Melbourne. Um, yeah, he sort of uh, kind of had a little bit of a dig at him there. So it kind of suggests to me that he's he's happy to move to West Coast and give it a try uh, for at least two or three years, I would have to think. So I think he's obviously been talking to him and he's probably quite happy to go across there because okay. yeah he's a generational talent uh, and West Coast need midfielders we're probably at a stage where we've got a lot of midfielders uh, mm-hmm. at the moment that's probably an area of the grounds like uh, LDU we probably don't need many more we kind of need to feel around the edges and get some key position prospects as well yeah well I know you're gonna you're certainly gonna have a uh, a, a pretty significant hole in your defensive structure with Mackay heading out yeah um, but it's, uh, so have you looked at the, you know, the, the list of, of 
prospects this year to, you know, think, you know, who, who I would, I love to see coming in with that number two pick. I mean, I, do you sit down and do your own little fantasy draft and you know try to figure out what, what might be happening with, uh, with each of the picks that you have, because, you know, you have, you have a, you have a plethora, you know, in terms of like the, the, the point value, if you will, the total points you, you have, um, even more than, you know, West coast with the, the number one pick, you know, looking at, this is from uh, zerohanger.com. You know, you, your, your picks total up to 5,364 points on whatever structure that they use to measure that. And theirs are at 5,219. Um, and Port Adelaide is at 805, but they have Jason Horn Francis now. So that's what, uh, and of course, <laughs> yeah, they may end up losing a few of those picks if they're going to bring in that, you know, young man, Radigalia from the Cats. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah. have you thought about who you, you'd really love to see wearing? The uh, the rue next year. Yeah, I've been in dialogue with Siobhan Rogo. I have on uh, regular on the show. She she's uh, on top of that sort of thing with the young talent. Uh, there is talk about uh, Daniel Curtin, a key position defender from Western Australia, who looks okay. He's about one hundred ninety six, one hundred ninety seven centimeters. He moves quite well. Good user of football. Um, there's a player in Melbourne, Colby McKercher. He'll probably play off the halfback flank, a rebounding defender. He is playing midfield there, but um, in, in the um, in the under 18s competition, I should say, uh, he looks okay. There's a pressuring small forward um, who reminds me a little bit of a Tom Papley. That uh, if we got pick two and three, that'll probably be right in the discussions. I would have to think uh, okay. for those picks two and three. Okay. So, you know, you know, we talked about how you you seem to be, you know have more upbeat right now about where the club is. Um, but, uh, you know, once the trade period has ended and, uh, you know, the, the draft that will be coming up a couple of weeks after that, what will the, uh, and, you know, I'm going to be so bold as to say that North Melbourne is going to get the headline in the paper that day. What is the headline in the paper going to say about the, results for the ruse during the trade deadline and the draft oh, i think i think they'll be optimistic um there's going to be we've already signed a delisted free agent as well now who's a key position defender in south australia played for glenelg uh toby pink mm-hmm. uh, obviously we're going to get fisher and stevens hopefully we don't pay overs for those two individuals um and we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably fill in a couple more as well. Um, I think we'll look at least at another key position defender from another club uh, and look at a small forward as well. Um, so I think people will be fairly optimistic, but every team or and even media sort of seem to overblow trade periods and, and so forth and think every team's won. Especially, and, yeah, you know, I mean, every time there's a, a draft here as well, uh, there's always prospects. There's always one in a top five that doesn't work out for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, every, you know, after the draft period, it, it seems like every team is flying as well. So time will tell um, yeah. when we get these players. Yeah, you know, halfway through next year, we'll have an indication of how it's all going. So, yeah, I'm not going to get, uh, you know, jumping for joy um, and, you know, jumping on rooftops when the trade period is over. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, have a good indication halfway through next year of uh, how it's uh, how the trade period has gone for this year. Okay. Okay. So, um you know, it'll be early December that we'll probably get to round one of the uh, of the comp released. And then hopefully within a week or two after that, we'll get the entire fixture released because that's when I'm going to actually get to start working on my plan for coming there next footy season. Because that's what my goal has been. I, you know, although world events being what they are may throw a bit of a monkey wrench in that as of this point in time, because who the hell knows what's going to be going on in the world this time next year yeah. or, you know, within the next 10 months or so, I, I have no clue. Um, I hope I can completely just say you blew it way out of proportion. Unfortunately, I'm, I don't know, but uh, if you were, if you were drawing up the fixture, who were the ruse playing round one next year? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd probably like to play Essendon, to be honest with you, straight, straight off the bat. That's a big rivalry game. 
Uh, we don't like each other too much. Um, and yeah, I'll, yeah, I'd like to get them uh, straight up, up off the bat, get a big crowd as well on a Saturday night uh, or you know, whenever. Uh, Friday night would be ideal, but uh, we're not going to get many Friday night games next year. Might, uh, besides Good Friday, I don't think. And that's fair enough. We haven't won enough games so over the course of the period. But Essendon would be the dream fixture round one or even a Port Adelaide at home as well next year um, with the Jason or Francis thing as well. That's still going on. Uh, still lingering around a bit. But, um, yeah, it would be nice for the supporters to, yeah, uh, yeah, get stuck in him a little bit, not uh, go over the top, but uh, play Port Adelaide round one as well uh, at home. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to uh, say because... That would be, yeah, because last year, last year you played you played Port down in Tasmania, so you know mm, yeah. Horn Francis did not get the opportunity opportunity to come home to come back to Melbourne and and play the club at Marvel because I'm sure it would be a very warm welcome for him. You know, yeah, if, when he could. yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of emotion has gone out of it now. Yeah, that's yeah, been... true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 12, 18 months, but it was a big uh, marketing opportunity this year. If we could have played them in Melbourne, uh, you know, we probably could have got a lot more supporters there. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Essendon round one would be ideal with Ben McKay and Todd Goldstein going there as well. That would be, um, yeah, that would be good to, uh, that's to a, play them. That's a great point. I, I, I like that answer. I like that answer. So, um, even though we don't know anything about the fixture next year or anything of that nature before we wrap up here uh what club do you think that made the eight this year could slide out next year and what club that was not in the eight this year do you think is going to make the jump into the eight next year um yeah that's that's so um such a subjective uh thing because Every year, there's always a surprise team. Like the Western Bulldogs, I would have had for you know top five or sixty. They're they're at the crossroads at the moment. Um, yeah, it could be anyone. Like a GWS could easily fall out, um, but they could easily you know do a Collingwood and win a premiership next year too. So yeah. a lot a lot goes on injuries. Um, but if everyone like you know if a living level playing field, if a team had to go outside the eight and come in, I, I would have to think it'd be the Bulldogs. Um, to be honest with you, there's just too much talent there for them, them yeah. not to be making finals and really, you know, pushing for a premiership. Uh, a team going out of the eight, I could see Port Adelaide really slipping, to be honest with you. I think they had, they, you know, like I, was, I mentioned earlier, uh, winning is a habit and they went on a real big winning streak. Right. And outside of that, they really struggled. Uh, finals, they weren't that great. Um yeah, they got uh, yeah they lost two you know went out in straight sets I should say so they're they're a club that I could easily see falling out of the eight to be honest with you. And you know I I know several Roo supporters or several Crow supporters that would not mind that in the least uh, yeah, if, oh, that, yeah, if that was the case to be um, and you know and it was not long after you know they signed that you know contract extension with Ken Hinckley that they kind of went on that little bit of a skid as well so yeah. there was there were already rumblings that were happening like. Are we sure we made the right decision by bringing him back for a couple more years? Um, yeah. You know, because I, because you know, the discussion you know was certainly about that at that point in time. You know, he was going to maybe have if you know whatever jobs had come available, he might have had his choice of a job. You know, he because he might have been able to just rebuff Port Adelaide and say no, this position's open over here. I'm going to go here instead. If there if there had been an opening somewhere else, you know, he could have decided to go on to another spot had one been open. Um, hmm. but, uh, you know, of course, you know, there were yeah, not, yeah. you know, many opportunities there. Cause you know, there were, yeah. Yeah. Cause there was rumbling. There were rumblings about whether or not Chris Scott was even going to come back to the cats. I mean, there was discussion that he may be ready to, to step aside and, you know, I'm kind of glad that he's not, of course, but, uh, you know, purely selfish reasons, but, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've, hmm. and I'll, I'll shout it from the rooftops everywhere. I did not, I didn't even have Collingwood in the top eight this year. And I got, you know, because as you mentioned oh. earlier, that this was a club that, uh, you know, won all those close games back in 2022. And I just thought mm -hmm. they're not going to get all that that luck again in 2023. And oh, they didn't need the luck. They just went out and won by wider margins. Uh, yeah. And uh, and just, you know, made me made me look like a fool. And they played they played phenomenal footy from, you know, the the opening game of the season. But, you know, I. I really am excited to see 
where the roos are going to be in a couple of years. And again, that you know, the, the the growing process, the growth that's going to take place over the next couple of years as this list comes together, and you know, hopefully, the the draft capital that that they have and that they utilize does come to fruition and is able to to be a uh, um, a cohesive unit that can you know start stringing some games together. Um, I think it 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 bodes well for them going forward. Um, you know, again, next year, as you said, maybe not finals contention, but if they get to, you know, mm-hmm. eight or nine, 10 wins, I mean, I think that would probably be a great year for them um, at that point in time. Now, something I hadn't thought about, and I, when the new side comes in in Tasmania in, I think, 2027, they're talking about, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's yeah, the, 2027, the, 2028 or something like that. Yeah. It might be 2028. Yeah. Is the is kind of the the the, the contract or the, the setup with Hawthorne and the Ruse playing games in Tasmania? Will that end at that point in time? Yeah, I think I, I would have to think so. Uh, to okay. be honest with you. Uh, yeah, because obviously, yeah, there's not, not a market uh, for us or, or Hawthorne anymore. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not too sure what's going on there because there was a you know a lot of protests about the stadium rebuild over there, but uh, I haven't heard much about that in the last few months. As far as I know, the club's still going ahead right. uh, in 2028. Um well, if they don't have a stadium, um, if they can't build one, then they're not gonna have a club. But uh yeah, I mean, at least the AFL took their time with this one as well. Um, but uh yeah, we'll probably lose a few players as well, like a lot of other teams that um with Tasmanian prospects uh, coming through that uh, will probably go over there as well. So, and you know, that's, yeah, I mean, it's not part of it. That's a great, that's a great point about, you know, the Tasmanian athletes who might want to find themselves in a position to go play. If the club does come to fruition to be on that first Tasmanian club in the AFL, I wonder if that is something that would, you know, if you had a if you had a, a young young player who might be a you know a first round pick, if that person would slide back in the draft possibly because a club would be worried about losing them in three or four mm-hmm. years, having put that kind of investment into a, you know into a you know a number twelve pick or something like that, only to lose them within a few years. Um, of course, then you know they might just get draft compensation back from the league because, uh, as you said, they tend to just hand that stuff out if you ask for it nicely. But, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, pretty much. yeah. And, you know, I was going to mention, you know, um, I know there's a lot of people in Australia that follow the NBA and, uh, and I actually pulled up this article here before we go. Cause I, I was going to, to, sh- and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, but, uh, the, the Cleveland basketball team, the Cavaliers, the LeBron James played for them for a number of years. Um, <clears throat> they had a, a guy who owned the team back in the 1980s by the name of Ted Stepien who almost destroyed the 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 franchise and they actually the league actually had to implement a rule because of him because mm-hmm. he kept trading first round draft picks for marginal players at best and he did it in like the course of over like five straight years so the Cavs had went like five years in a row where they did not have a first round draft pick and they had a bunch of crappy players that were brought in and didn't stay with the team all that long and the league actually changed the rule and if you follow the NBA now you know that teams are not allowed to to trade first round picks in consecutive years so they have to ensure that they have at least like a first if they traded a pick in 2024 they can't trade the 2025 pick they could they could trade 26 but that stepian rule came in because of this guy and when he sold the team the two brothers that actually bought the team the league actually they didn't give it they didn't give them to him but they actually sold like first round draft picks to them to try to help stabilize the team. So, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the idea of getting compensation like this is not, it's not novel to the AFL. It happened in the, in the NBA because this guy almost single-handedly destroyed an entire franchise. Um, yeah, just, a just an, an, he may have been a great businessman, but he was an idiot when it came to owning a professional sports team. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of uh, those types of owners over there. I, I think Michael Jordan's one of the worst owners in the NBA. He's just uh, his vision and thinking uh, mm-hmm. with the Charlotte Hornets has been um, has been one of the worst 
Uh, he's very much uh, running it like a business. He wants to obviously make money uh, and just try and get the team to the eighth seed. And that's uh, quite the opposite way that you should be running a, a basketball organisation. I do remember that step in rule. Um, yeah, but a lot of teams can trade on draft night, that draft pick as well. So it sort of, um, yeah, defeats True. the purpose True. as well. Absolutely. Well, Dean, before I let you go, where can people find your podcast? And are you you're going to be doing some coverage during the trade period as well? Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, I'm basically, yeah, I mean, you can find it on all good podcast platforms, um, yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Um, obviously, I don't think Stitch is around anymore. Nope. Um, no, so, yeah, um, but, but there's, yeah, any podcast platform you can use, um, yeah, it's on there. Uh, I'm pretty much covering the women's at the moment who are flying. Um, so, yeah, I'll be doing a little bit of that. And obviously, yeah, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be covering the trade period. Uh, uh, yeah, just with the episode here and there. So I'd probably do two or three episodes a week, uh, depending on time. Um, okay. But uh, at the moment, it's mainly just covering the women's football. Okay. And if people want to follow you on social media, where can they do that? Yeah, X, or it's X now, or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It's hashtag Kangas. Um, Instagram, hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, or TikTok, hashtag Kangaroos One, uh, any of those platforms. Um, All right. I mainly use X, so yeah. Okay. Okay. So last thing, we're going to put you in charge of the trade period for the ruse. Okay. Tell us the ideal deal that you would do that you would love to see happen if you, or, or you're going to stand pat. What, what are you going to do? And the club is going to go brilliant. Well, I'd probably look at um, the Gold Coast pick four. I mean, obviously, they're looking at points. So I'll try and accumulate those points. Like, we've got a, a number of draft picks in the you know 30s and 40s, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, pick 19 as well. So try and, you know, and even next year as well. So try and get um, rid of uh, a number of picks that are later and try and get pick four. Obviously, try and get more quality into the club. So if we can get pick three for Ben McKay, yeah, pick two, three, or four, uh, you get three elite youngsters. Uh, that's all I'd want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah then I'd uh, that that'd be the ideal trade period. And obviously getting Zach Fisher and Dylan Stevens in uh, to help the club around the around the edges. And, and, the, and the young yeah, man from Glenelg that you mentioned as well. Yeah, Toby Pink. I don't know yeah. anything much about him. I tried to look up uh, highlights or anything like that. I, I looked up his stats. They weren't overly impressive, but apparently he's quite a good one-on-one defender. So okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, defenders. You're not always going to get you know really good stats. I guess. Uh... I guess if you can find that the one percenter column for a defender, that might be a good good stat to look at. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, yeah. folks, my guest has been uh, Dean Vasek from Hashtag Kangaroos. And uh, Dean, I appreciate you getting up early this morning, sir, and uh, chatting with me. And uh, looking forward to continued green shoots with this club. It's it's a you know it seems like a really you know quality organization. You know, I I really have enjoyed you know following the. Uh, the team president on social media with everything she's gone through and, and the, and the, 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 the tumult, as we talked about earlier um, in the, uh, before we went on air here uh, that went on with the club with, with the, uh, with Clarko here. And I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing progress with this club this year. And I, and I, I think we're going to definitely see more wins than we saw in 2023. I don't, yeah. I don't think you're going to get that 20 game losing streak again. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, um, yeah that'll be ideal. So <laughs> we'll see how we go. But no, <laughs> thanks very much for having me on, Craig. I uh, really appreciate it. Keep you up bet. the good work with the podcast. And uh, yeah, if you're coming down next year to Melbourne, let me know and we'll go to a, go to a game if you like. Absolutely. I would love that. I'm. I, I, that's why I was hoping to get the fixture as soon as possible because part, I've been thinking that I would love to make the drive to um, to Adelaide to you know, go go see a game at the Adelaide Oval. But then you know, somebody mentioned something the other day on social media and I got thinking about it. Uh, oh, somebody took a picture of the, the ferry boat leaving Geelong and heading to Tasmania. And I thought, you know, let me check into that because maybe, maybe there'd be an opportunity to go, to go visit Tasmania, you know, two birds, one stone kind of a thing, go see a game, you know, maybe at Blundstone or, you know, um, down in Hobart, you know, you know, go see the Hawks or the Ruse play down there. Be ideal if the cats went to go play down there against one of them. Um, I, I, I don't know if they would send the cats to down there to play the Hawks. I, I, I don't know if they would do that, but, uh, I don't know the last time the, the cats have actually played in Tasmania, quite frankly, but, uh, it'd be kind of neat just to see 
that island because from everything that I've read and the images that I've seen, the the landscape of that island is unlike most of the rest mm-hmm. of Australia. And it's just we really need to be able to say that 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 I did get there. I was supposed to go there when I was in the Navy back in the 1980s, but uh, coincidentally enough, the Iran-Iraq war broke out instead. So our ship never did. We were supposed to go to Sydney, to Perth, and to Hobart. We did not get to any of them. So, right. yeah. Man. Oh, well, this is your opportunity, maybe. I'm, so, yeah, I'm, no. I'm hoping. So, I, I looked at, I explored the the the, uh, the uh, ferry boat and looked at it. it. Looked like you know, getting a cabin for there and back, it would be around four hundred dollars to do that for the for the the cabin to and from Tasmania. And I don't know what it would be to fly, but it just kind of be neat to take the overnight uh, boat there, um, hmm. just to you know, just to kind of experience that. So, I'm I, I'm really looking forward to doing the the uh, planning for this once it comes once it comes to fruition and the fixture comes out and i can you know figure out okay this is the block of time where i'm going to try to go let's see where i can get the most bang for my buck because again i i want to i want to go see local footy as well i mean i i know there's i i had a club of the episode last week uh as a club in tasmania that they play their games on gravel um not on grass they, they've been playing on gravel for a century um I would love to go see a game at that field, mm. if you want to call it a field. Um, but uh, it was that would just, and it's on the, I think it's on the western edge of Tasmania, if I'm not mistaken. And Tasmania is a big island. It's not a, it's not a tiny island. It's not something yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna get from someplace to another place in an hour and a half. You're gonna, you know, driving for a while to get to wherever you need to go. But I'm just starting mm. to explore and starting to figure out what do I want to try to see while I'm there, and. Uh, mm. I joked with my wife. I said, someday, maybe I want to just take that, drive that entire circular route all the way around the entire continent. Maybe after I retire. And she said, yeah. you're nuts. And I said, well, you knew that when you married me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Fair well, enough. Hey, I hope you have a fantastic week. Okay. Yeah, and, you too, Craig. Um, um, yeah. If you, one thing you can do is uh, there's usually a game at Marvel uh, on in the afternoon and there's a game at the MCG, which is only about 15 minutes up the road you know, during the night. So, yeah, you can do two in one day uh, with doing that as well. So, yeah. Don't don't tell Richmond that, okay? Don't tell them that it's that. <laughs> don't tell them that they're that close, okay? They, you know, you know, Damien, Hard, Damien Hardwick does not need to hear that. And and quite frankly, I hope as now the Gold Coast senior senior coach – I hope that regardless of who they play, I hope that Richmond and Gold Coast play one another at Marvel next year. I hope, I hope, AFL House, if you are listening, please schedule Richmond and Gold Coast at Marvel. Just because I want to hear him complain about that. Yeah, yeah, probably would uh, knowing him. But, uh, yeah, he certainly has been doing a fair bit of that last yeah. probably year or two. But yeah, um, yeah that's that's all part of it. But yep. um, yeah, thanks for having me on, Craig. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll um, yeah probably do a preview with you in the next few months as well. When absolutely, uh, absolutely. Once we once we know who's playing where, absolutely. I look forward to yeah. it. No, nah, sounds good, Craig. Good on you. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Good on you. All right, Dean. Hey, thanks so very much for your time, man. I truly appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, as I think I mentioned during the uh, the discussion there, I think I probably did tip the ruse a few too many times this year. I just thought they were going to get their act together. Uh, I think they are ascending, though. I think the glass uh, is maybe not quite half full yet, but it is starting to trickle in there a little bit. And I believe this draft is going to be the one that. Uh, in six or seven years, um, maybe as uh, Clarko has brought a premiership to North Melbourne, could certainly happen. This may be the draft that uh, that supporters look back at and say, this is the one that brought us that cup because we put so many pieces together during this draft. Again, I don't know if they're going to make the deal for Harley Reid or not. Uh, as much as it would be wonderful to have him there, I think that maybe they've been snake bit a little bit after what happened with Jason Horn Francis, although you know, Harley Reid is you know a, a, a local talent uh, who wouldn't necessarily likely be wanting to travel back out of state once he's already at home. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting draft to see what happens with North Melbourne. And I, th- I think that this is going to be one that uh, if you're a Roo supporter, you, you can't help but be ecstatic about 
the prospects of where this club is going to be hopefully in, a, in just a couple of years. So folks, um, again, Dean, thanks for coming on. I do appreciate you uh, taking time out of your, your day to sit down and chat. Ladies and gentlemen, please look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Reach out to them. Ask them if they're okay. Um, you know, it's there's just so much despair that's going on in the world today. Um, just make sure your friends are okay. And if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out. In my show notes, in every episode, I have the numbers for things like Beyond Blue uh, to reach out and call. Also ones here in the United States as well. Please reach out and talk to somebody, whether it's them, it's a friend. Get out and have that coffee. Go out and have that uh, that beer, whatever you need to do to, you know, and go talk things out if you need to do that. Okay. I know that uh, this past month, there was a big push for Talktober uh, in Australia. And, uh, and hopefully, if you've needed to do that, uh, you'll do that. Now, again, remember, folks, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can reach me uh, by email to yankonthefooty.gmail.com, at yank underscore on on Twitter or X, uh, Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy uh, on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn, just look for Craig Wessels. You can find me as Craig Wessels on Facebook as well. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast, as I mentioned, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button over on my website. Or you can check out the store page. Um, you know, I do have the, uh, like a year early, the uh, the Lockie Neal um, winning his second Brownlow. Um, poking, poking a little fun at the whole situation with Patrick Cripps back in 2022. Um, yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, I do hope you'll also leave a review. That would be a huge help, okay? That'd be a huge help if you wanted to do that. And I still have some of those uh, podcast stickers. So if you leave me a review, leave me a great review, send me a note. Let me know that you've done that so I can drop one in the mail to you, okay? Because I'd love to get that out there for you, folks. Um, I appreciate the kind words as always. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've had an interview episode out. I did that uh, short one uh, about the NRL while I was out on uh, the road last week i do have an iron in the fire as kind of a rebuttal to that one i've not had a confirmation on that one yet but i did reach out to somebody who knows somebody i mentioned him at the beginning of this episode and again barry happy anniversary um i'm hoping that one will come to fruition but ladies and gentlemen again i appreciate the kind words and as always may your dribble kick never hit that post i will catch you later and this has been episode 294 of a yank on the footy Thanks for listening. And I do hope you'll consider sharing this episode um, with your friends and family. And if you're on YouTube, I do hope you'll hit that subscribe button as well. Leave me a comment. I do love reading the comments. I do love reaching back out to you. Uh, I've seen a huge uptick in my subscriptions over on uh, on YouTube. Now, again, small fish, massive pond, but I'm up over 180 subscribers, which if you had told me that six months ago, and I believe I had 23 I'd have thought you were nuts. Now, 180 subscribers is not much of anything, but for me, it's a step in the right direction. All right, everybody, I'm going to get out of here now and uh, cheers. Hope you have a fantastic day.